Hey, Mac, when does deer season start? Well, if you want the best deer herd possible, Lanny, you need to start right now. Right now. That's, That's why right. we're starting our promotion. I mean, we've got a deer season starts now promotion on plantbiologic.com where you can pick up our game changer soybeans, our forage soybeans, and our spring protein peas. While you're there, you might as well go ahead and pick up some brassicas like our final forage and winter bowls. Yeah, stock up for the cool season planting right now. Listeners to the GK Podcast, if you use coupon code GKPOD, you can save an additional 10% off our entire selection of warm season, cool season, and clover food plot seed. Get started today and visit plantbiologic.com for an unforgettable fall. Hi, I'm Jeff Foxworthy, and welcome to Gamekeeper Podcast. If you want to learn more about farming for wildlife and habitat management, then buddy, you are in the right place. Join the Gamekeeper crew direct from Mossy Oak Land Enhancement Studio as they discuss the latest wildlife and habitat management practices, news, and of course, hunting. There's no telling what you'll learn, but I'm going to tell you, I bet it's interesting. Enjoy. Countdown in three, two, one. All right, everybody. Welcome to West Point, Mississippi, home of Mossy Oak Brand Camo. Yeah. The Gamekeeper Studio, the Gamekeeper Podcast that we just have enjoyed so much. I, I like to say it's the heart and soul of wildlife management. You do. Glanny and you always have some kind of comeback to well, that. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it's it. Life. Yeah. Life. Well, it, it is Mossy Oak life for sure. Well, this time of year is so exciting. I mean, think about what's going on. Dove season's open. It's hunting season. And I mean, here we are. I think people are shooting teal. I haven't heard of there being any teal in our I area. I hope not because the season's not open yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, I see them up north, further north of us shooting teal. Yeah. So. And you got this antler, this uh, velvet season's coming in in different places. So, it's, First, it first would, time, yeah. First time ever. Yeah. Full swing. Bull peanuts, football. Oh, yeah. That time of year, I didn't even know it's football season until somebody told me Saturday. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Laney's the one to ask me was a quarterback on offense or defense, yeah, right. so he's not he's not the biggest sports buff. Uh, no, no, he's not. It was but... Gator season and Dove season, so I was preoccupied. <laughs> How did Gator season go? This it was year? rough in the Northeast, that's for sure. But seeing fewer Gators than we've ever seen. Uh, but hey, it's still fun. We took the kids. We did find some, and they got to cast at some and, and interact with them a little bit. So. Uh, but yeah, it was a little slim pickings up here. But I think uh, from my, a lot of water down south. But I think you know, looking uh, later on in the the ten day season, people are starting to harvest some, uh, especially around the Jackson area. So, Tox, hmm. are you seeing many doves? Not a lot. Not a lot. Have you I lost? Have heard my, of a lot. Have you lost my phone number? That just want to make make <laughs> no, sure. I I haven't. No, I haven't. You know, and you had a Dale song. Yeah, but I mean, I, for some reason, your phone doesn't work quite as well in a castle on a mountain in Colorado. Yeah, I was about to say that. Right. So you know, especially when you're there for like ten days. Yeah, yeah. In the middle of the shipping season for biologic. Home. I mean, so. Pardon me if I didn't get the call through yeah. to you. I should have called a sat phone, I guess. Yeah, that's, that maybe that's what and, happened. And we were not dove hunting, just, just so you know. You, you, know, you, you kind of asked for that one. Yeah. Well, hey, I did I did get the pleasure, you know, of uh, Jason's son and my son, Drew, the, the Black Prairie hunt. And I'm going to tell you, it was top notch. MDWFP and the, the crew at Black Prairie Wildlife did an unbelievable job. Yeah, a lot of doves. A lot of doves. That is I mean, prime, it, it for whatever reason, yeah. that part south of here. We have a friend, or two, but especially one, just really close to that, yeah. and they have great dove hunts every year my entire life. Yeah, 50 yeah. acres of soybean, I mean, excuse me, of uh, sunflowers and brown top millet. 
50 and acres? 50. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was no good. Wonder where Did Goose get to go? Uh, no, we were working. I had to focus. We were really trying to work on our wing shooting, and it required. Oh, how, how'd that go? Uh, we, you know, it, it got better. It got better. So, uh, in the end, you know, I, I was real. I was proud. They shot 200 shells and killed nine birds. Oh, that's, that's, a, a, that's yeah. what a, <laughs> yeah, 22 shot average. For, but I will say the, there was two birds killed with the first three boxes, and then two birds killed with the last box so there was there was some definitely some improvement there so yeah jason I, said you you couldn't touch the the barrel no yeah. they they melted them down that's for you sure know how to improve that don't you how's that you take your dog and pick up everybody else's dogs put them in your you know that's, what, that's usually my game 100 <laughs> percent. you know that's what i do but we're yeah. working on our wing shooting so again shout out to those guys i know we richie went out there and shot some 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 stuff with them so uh, yeah, I think y'all get a sneak peek of that too. Took some pictures of their fields too. So yeah, I, I went to school with one of them, Lamar. Lamar. Oh man, he was he was Lamar. pumped. He was pumped. So, so today I, I'm real excited about it. We've got some great guests sitting in here with yeah. us, and we're going to talk about hunting dogs. The dog days of summer. Uh, yeah, that that's it. So we've got. Gamekeeper I'm going to start with, on the right. We've got Mr. Bill Gibson from the Gamekeeper Kennels sitting on the very on the horns. Yep, and then we are so excited to have Addison Edmonds. From Gunner Kennels, I mean this, the one and only. If you, if the you, Gunner Kennels, that's right. I mean, Gunner Kennels has just has blown up and become just an epic brand in the last few. They years. revolutionized the, the the dog carrier world and have opinion. saved a lot of dogs' that's lives. Right. Last mean, time we he wasn't here. The last time we talked about him on the podcast. But if you remember what I said, it's a testament that good things do happen to good people. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Don't yep. say it doesn't. Yep. And, and I mean, I think the tagline is uh, "Man's best friend deserves." man's best kennel if i think if, right. if, if if i got that right but right. i've heard so many good things about the kennels and how they performed and saved dogs lives and it, and you've got other products now but we're just happy to have you here yeah thanks for having me little early morning late night to get down here but excited to be here well uh, i'm glad you were a little late too yeah dudley's get, always a little late. yeah i'm late to everything got to get some more coffee in <laughs> yeah that's the tox- yeah. that's toxic time they i prefer always- recording <laughs> after lunch but I'm yeah, a morning I'm, guy. I'm about 15 minutes late, and they'll say, no, talk to your time. He's a little early. Yeah, he is. Early. Actually, he is, yeah. Well, so before uh, we get going here, let, just a couple of things of business. Uh, blood on the biologic, it looks like Kerry Wicks has killed another giant yes. velvet yes. whitetail. What's up with that? I don't know. But uh, that's just – He lose your number. I, he, I, he, evidently, <laughs> he has. For sure. But he, congrats to him. He did yeah, kill a big one. congrats to him. There's, awesome. I'm seeing quite a few velvet bucks drop. Imagine that he brought up the blood on the biologic, Lanny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you go hunting last week? Uh, did you get to go somewhere? Uh, well, well, we don't – <laughs> well, we don't have to talk about it. Mr. No. Haney no, tell us harvested a nice That's elk. Right. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I've, Did you uh, walk much? Yeah, we walked a bunch. <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of effort put into it. So. Well, I'll so, tell you what, there's nothing like you know chasing bugling elk. I, I just got to tell you, it'll get in your blood, that's for sure. So. Something about that air out there. I love it. Yeah, it's thin. Very thin. Okay, Lanny, you think it's going to rain today? How many Never. shots? <laughs> Bobby, how many shots? Are you going to plant something this afternoon? <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, let's move on. Uh when I look over here at Richie, I, the first thing I want to try to knock out, we got a commercial this week. Oh, my gosh. We do. All right. Who are we talking about this week? So, this week, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're right, just started dove season. We're getting into, you know, everything else, deer season right around the corner. And, you know, you know, perfect place to hit up is the Mossy Oak store. Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
Well, and you can go online too oh, if you're sure. Here. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. the, and uh, look, uh, these T-shirts right now. Whoever I don't know who's doing them, but but the store has the coolest T-shirts. Oh, brand wear is looking really good, and they're so comfortable. And look, I think there's some really special stuff coming down the pipe, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you want to talk about that? No. Okay. Well, well anyway, some cool stuff's coming. So we yeah. can't talk we about can't like talk the, about it. the logo shirts. Yeah, whatever's there. It's just it's just a great. You know, we spend a lot of time and resources because in today's world, you just got to be sure when someone's looking for the brand that they can find it. Hopefully, it's anywhere they shop. But if not, always come see us, and we'll either have it or route you to someone. Yeah. Those TK and Mike shirts are pretty funny. Oh, I love yeah. TK yeah. and Mike. Those fishing shorts, <laughs> the fit, uh, the, the, the camo. The fishing stuff is unbelievable. I'm yeah. Yeah. The shorts, the summer wear is, uh, is great. You know, we've always been great with hunting wear, but our, our fishing wear is, is uh, top notch. Yeah. You know, hoodies are so cool right now. They got hoodies in kid sizes, too. Yeah, so that's awesome. Cool yeah, my dad's birthday here. was the other day, and those TK and Mike shirts were the perfect gift for him. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. How about that, Richie? Good job. He's from oh, Debbie, he, Debbie. He'd be from the, the <laughs> TK and Mike generation, like yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, they were they were so funny. showing my age. So funny. If, if you don't know who TK and Mike is, go to the Mossy Go app yeah, and you give watch it a, everything. Yeah, it's pioneers. Really they were actually the pioneers. Very funny. Sure, the very first ones. All right, and you can go to mossyoak.com and find – I think you can navigate to the store off of mossyoak.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, all right, so we got that out of the way. And what do we want to talk about today, guys, is just keep keeping your dog safe. Because when I think of Gunner Kennels, I, I follow you on social media, and I see from time to time, Addison, that you guys post about, you know, somebody's going hunting early one morning and somebody runs a stop sign and a truck gets flipped – but the, the the kennel stays intact and the dog survives and man that's got to make you feel good yeah that's uh always really special you know i think i remember right when we started if i saw a gunner kennel on the road i'd just get chills and then when we'd hear about stories of we call them safe stories you know that's not something i intended i, I knew i wanted to make the best dog kennel which first and foremost meant the safest but i didn't actually think that people would call us up and say hey your kennel saved my dog's life mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's every time it's pretty cool. I, I get chills. It's pretty powerful. Right <laughs> yeah. There. You know, just listening to it and thinking about it too, because as we said a lot, you know, the, the, the core reason we're in the raising dogs, training dogs, uh, selling puppies is to add that value to a family, which a dog is a huge part of the family, yeah. just like everybody else. And to think that you've provided something to save that life. And now, in a multitude of times, is man, yeah. that's that's so much bigger than just whatever product sales, P and L. That's uh, generational stuff, you know. So cool. So, what led you to build the, 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 this durable kennel, this style kennel that you're doing? I was uh, I was going to school at Ole Miss, and I. Got whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Going to Did a, we not vet this out? That's okay. Okay. I was in school. Like, I was in school. That was, that was I was in school. <laughs> and, uh, I'll talk. I've become agnostic about that. I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm giving them money right now. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Yep. I'm good. And uh, I had sponsored – I had an advertising company that I started because I knew – I didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated, but I wanted to stay in Oxford so I could hunt and fish. And uh had this advertising company, and I sponsored a Ducks Unlimited banquet – and they gave me a Yeti cooler, and at the time I had heard about them, and I didn't have enough money to buy one, but when I saw it, I mean, I was the perfect customer. I was going through five Coleman coolers a year, hunting and fishing every day, not attending class as much as I was supposed to do, but <laughs> when, it, when I got I that cooler, I was so impressed by it, 
And just a couple months later, I remember thinking, someone needs to do what they did to the ice chest to a dog kennel because I just had a cheap plastic kennel. And the next best, the next option was like a two thousand dollar dog box to take up the whole back of your truck. And I'm a big deer hunter, and I didn't I didn't want to take up the whole back of my truck and didn't have the money to to buy it. So I figured, um, you know, if might as well be me. I'm going to do this. So I sold that company, moved back to Nashville, got married, and poured everything I had into getting this started. Wow. What an amazing story. Yeah. Unbelievable. It, 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 and if you think Yeti was important because it keeps your drinks cooler, right. longer, yeah, this is like saving your best friend for life's life. I mean. Yeah. yeah. So – I don't, you know, I don't know anybody that does this. You know, lets the dog ride in the back seat of their truck. Nobody in this room probably lets it, that does this. But uh, yeah, but, but everybody. Well, have y'all ever been around town somewhere and you see somebody's dog riding on the toolbox, standing no, up on the like toolbox, it. or in the back of the truck, yeah, like you know, a flatbed? Man, we just that guy, we just can't do stuff like that. That's no. just not smart at Sad. all. But. I agree. Oh. Uh, they had a guy working at the kennel, and he was bad about riding his dogs in the back of the truck. And, of course, being who I am and the way I am, an ex-cop and all that trash, uh, I got <laughs> on to him about it. And about two or three days later, he's going down 45 here, and the dog jumped out of the truck and slid down the highway. Ooh. Just a miracle. Nobody ran over it. I, but, wow. uh, I have a horror story with my Brittany that I'm embarrassed to talk about from when I was younger. Yeah, you know, due to that that same yeah. thing. But I see people all the time riding labs and other breeds of dogs, especially the cattle type dogs in the back of the truck. They're standing on the toolbox or looking over the side, going back and forth. And all they got to do is see a rabbit, or maybe it's a dog in heat at a house as they're going down the highway and the dog bails out. Yep. And that's not a good thing at all. Yeah, or worse than that, the driver swerve and uh, yeah. uh, slam on brakes or something. Out. It just, just... Yeah. back when I was federal, I was coming uh, out of Memphis one day, and my I guess you'd call it a police car, and I was in there's a three lane, and I was in the third lane over, and there's a guy over in the first lane, turn lane, that had a dog, two two German shepherds on ropes in back of his truck. When he turned the corner, one of them fell out, and he was dragging it down the highway, mm. and the traffic started about that time. There's no way I could turn and throw the blue lights and siren on and pull him over. So I never found out what happened, but it wasn't good. Mm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all he had to do was have a couple of kennels in the back of the truck and put yeah. his dogs in the kennel, tie the kennels down well, and everything would have been all right. Yeah. But uh, this is the worst part of the country I've ever seen for dogs in back of pickups. That's trucks. such a nightmarish story, yeah. but it, it has to be brought up. Yep. That's sad. I'm, but another thing that occurs to me too that they're so sturdy and heavy. I mean, they're they're great to use as a like a kennel for your dog. And like we have a when we our dogs live in the house, sleep with us, all that. But we have a you know a, a pen, a kennel that we have to put them in. But especially when the weather's nice during the day and whatever. And uh, they make great. You know, it's a great place to use them when you're not having the back of the truck with you. You know, because it's yeah because of they they make these hard shell kind of igloo things that are great and durable and whatever, but they don't breathe enough either. So, uh, I love putting mine in there for Gus, you know, he loves it too. Mm-hmm. He kind of goes wherever it is. I know he is a truck dog. He'll ride up there with me. I don't know. There's something about that and that's safe. But, uh, outside of that, I wouldn't not have another kennel, but a gunner. We've had, uh, two that we know of 
Rex where the customer called and said, it not only saved my dog's life, it saved my life. Wow. They rolled over, and it kept the vehicle <clears throat> from crushing. Golly, Is that wrong? That's how wow. strong wow. they are. Yep. So, yeah. It is. How did you how did you go about, you know, in the product design, you know, when you first started? How long did that take and all yeah. that good stuff? It took about a year and a half, and I had no clue what I was doing. Um, but I've always – my dad – started his own business and I've always wanted to be like him. And I started a couple of businesses in high school. And, and so I just figured it out. I mean, I, I, I knew I wanted to make them roto molded because it was, that that's not brittle, you know, injection molded plastic is brittle. And so I just looked up association of roto molders and went down the list, wow. and sent a non-disclosure to every one of them. And most of them didn't respond to me. One of them responded and said, this is the next Yeti coolers. Get over here uh, in North Carolina. We want to be your molder. But to get it designed, I've, I've somehow through a friend of a friend got connected with who our current molders are, and they uh, they said, look, we don't deal with startups, but we've got an engineer that you can work with. So it took about a year and a half, and I knew I knew it, I wanted to make it's got to look good, you know, because you could have just made a square box, you know, um, but I knew it needed to look good. I, I wanted a little bit taller so you could recognize it from the back of a truck. Um, and literally, it was just every single day, there was some major event that makes you feel like, well, this is not going to work. And you just got to figure out a way to, to go through that and, you know, keep going. But long answer short, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. You know, the so it Sounds like persistence. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we've been uh, – we've – Ashton's been sending kennels for us to do. We, yeah. we, you know, the, the ga- there's a gamekeeper version mm-hmm. of the Gunner kennel, and early on, I, I realized when he sends these kennels to us that they've got ratchet straps, and I never really thought about. You know, you forever you see guys with a kennel in the back of the truck, but what Ashton's recommending is a, is a guy ratchet strap yeah, that kennel down. down, tie yeah. it down. It's a cam buckle. So I remember trying to use ratchet straps for my old cheap kennel up underneath the bed rails and it you know if, if it gets loose they fall and they don't work so that's why we put tie down pins on the kennel and then we found these two inch straps that you know the cam buckle they're they're the ones that we crash test and the only ones we recommend but they're i mean i've seen videos of guys pulling trees out of the road with those straps so they're they're really strong but we it's difficult because you know the straps are like 80 bucks and i don't want to tell people you've got to you've got to spend this extra money when you can go to home depot and get some for 20 but uh, you really do want to keep it strapped down. And with the rubber feet, it makes like a – it grips it. I mean, it, once it's strapped down with the rubber feet and the tie-down pins, it, it's not moving. It's yeah. bomb-proof. Mm-hmm. And that's, that it, that it keeps that kennel from sliding. If there was an accident from becoming a projectile, mm-hmm. so to speak. Yep. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, he, I don't know why somebody hadn't thought about this before. It was – I bet you thought that. Why hasn't somebody? I was shocked. I was I – was, when I came up with it, I was like, if I don't do this right now, somebody's going to do it tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people said no. I went out and raised money, and most people said, you're going to sell a dog kennel for $350? And I was like, I, I'd pay for it. I just want this for my dog, Gunner. And that was the original intended price, price point. Now it's $700 for our, our intermediate. But cost of goods and being made in America just costs a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's two vet visits these days you know yeah so wow well so look let's talk about 
if we could. We got you guys over here. Y'all are experts in the subject matter. But I want I want our, our listeners to learn how to keep their dog safe. And, Addison, why don't we start with you? Are there, are there... I've got a question for Bill. Um, since it's dove season, I remember Gunner overheated one time. And ever since then, I'd only dove hunt if I was next to a pond, and I'd take him in that pond, you know, every hour. But uh, I'd heard that if they're starting to overheat, you can spray rubbing alcohol in their belly to evaporate the heat. That's correct. But That's I did a lot better than a pond because when you boil it down to the lick log, the surface temperature of the water is probably higher than the ambient temperature of the right of the air. So you're not really getting a cooling effect until the dog comes out and lays around a while. So how often can you put rubbing alcohol on them? I wasn't doing too often. See, I didn't know that. I think I think the next hunt I was on, Gunner got drunk from the rubbing alcohol. I kept spraying it on his <laughs> belly, and and I was doing it every hour. But I I don't think you're supposed to do it. Where most people make mistake is they put the dog in the sun, because if you if you've been on a dove field like I'm 78 years old, I've been on quite a few, and it seemed like every time I'd go, the doves would be flying in the sunny area over there instead of the shade, and so. I said, well, I don't care that much about killing a limit of doves as I do working my dog. So I get in the shade. If I get one, fine. If I don't, that's fine, too. Because I'm, I'm like Lanny's young guys there. I shoot a box. I get a dove every now and then. That ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the, the classic sign of overheating is the tongue starts to curl on the end and turns red. When that happens, it's time to... to Put the dog in the shade, keep it in the shade, yeah, stop the immediately, yeah. keep a lot of water so they can stay hydrated. Yeah. But don't let them drink too much at one time. Let them drink a little, then a little more, a little more, a little more. Right. Is ice, I've always heard that if, if it's ice water, it could turn their stomach. Is that true? Yeah, you don't want to put ice water yeah. in, no. Yeah. Could you rub ice on the back of their neck a little bit? or? Well, they don't really get, they get cooling through their paws and through panting more than you. anything else. So if, if the dog's panting, he's trying to cool himself down. Then, uh, so the whole alcohol thing, it's not something, you know, you go out there, I'm going to set up in the sun and then no. squirt this on my dog every hour. You would use that more uh, as a reactionary, right. oh, wow, if, he, if she's getting hot. Really bad because when, when it starts getting bad, it's time to take action on yeah. the dog. And sometimes it has to be over and above what you would normally do. Just like hypothermia, where they get too cold, carry a packet of honey or a, a Hershey bar in your pocket and give it to them to get that, that yep. sugar. I've uh, got sugar. a story and about they even that make, There's even yeah, a product, time. right, Toxie, yeah. that you carry now that's like a, a, a product but specific for that? Supplical. Yeah. They gave me some, and they said just, you know. Rub it on the gun. They don't like it. Just rub, it's like, it looks like toothpaste. It's real hard to push it out. It's red gel. And I actually, before I take them, I'll hide some on a whatever a treat or something they'll eat. Just a small, you know, just a double dab of it. Basically. I'm sure it has. By like what you would do for your toothbrush, and uh, I, I I really can tell a difference in their energy. Just that one little boost. It's almost that quick. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a great product. They say, well, if you that. got a Hershey bar, dogs are uh, toxic. Chocolate is toxic to a dog. Well, you're in an emergency situation yeah. there, and you have to do what you have to do. My vet told me just carry a Hershey bar, but instead I carry a packet of honey 
busted yeah. open and rub it on the gums. There you go. So when when we almost lost fits, well, one of the couple of times we almost lost fits, but when for hypothermia, and we'll tell that story again. I think we have, but uh, you know, by the way, it wasn't that cold that day. It was just that we were. He was his paws were in the water while he was standing there, and. Worse than that, he had overexerted. Anyway, he basically died. Mr. Gibson met him there before the vet did and brought him back. Unbelievable story. And so we were in there, and he was laying there, and he was you know, basically non-responsive to everything, just laying there. He kind of had his eyes open, but we all thought he was a goner. And we were petting him, and, you know, they got his body temperature up a little bit, and he was just lethargic, just like he was gone. And the – lady said let me run another test and she got some blood and she came back in just like a minute it didn't take her long and she said oh my gosh change the drip out you know his blood sugar's like rock bottom and she put a new drip on there with the glucose and something else in it and within a minute he raised his head up and licked daniel we all started crying just Mm -hmm. that fast and he ended up coming around it's been like three years ago so mr bill did you give him mouth to mouth yeah he sure did Slammed him down, Daniel said, scared him to death. Right when Daniel got to the vets, and they called the emergency, it was on a weekend, so they called their emergency, which is the, one of the vets that works for to come. And she was coming as fast as she could, but she didn't live close by. He actually pulled up right when he just, he just Daniel said he just heaved out his last breath, and he quit breathing, and he was still. Mr. Gibson jumped in the truck and slammed him. Tell him what you did. I mean, I'm taking I, it from uh, Daniel. First, I cleared his airway by putting my f- hand in his mouth, make sure his, I knew his tongue was drawn back. So I made sure he had a clear airway. And uh, then I shook him real hard. Yeah, real and then hard I put his, put his nose and his mouth in my mouth and blew rescue breathing that we were taught when I was a federal agent and a police officer. So, And he just came right around. I mean, it was, it was really gratifying to see oh him. Yeah. Come around that quick. Yeah, she she got there after all that and then rushed him inside and all. But he laid there. She just said at that temperature and then now we found out that glucose that's low. I don't think he eat he's picky sometimes. And you never know if they got a toothache or something, they don't eat good for a day or two. But he went into the hunt a little bit undernourished from his glucose standpoint, evidently. And you know, from now on, ever since then I keep that stuff handy. She she gave me some that day. Always, you know, in fact, we should probably try to uh, be sure we all take that with our dogs or find something that, you know, we can provide for people to take with their dogs because I've witnessed the difference it makes. And uh, reiterate that even if it's not that cold outside, yeah. you know, the water temp could, could be in the in the yeah. 40s. Or, well, and you never want your dog to be sitting in the water. Just the from, water a da- gets from a data point, the- she said – I've never seen hypothermia. It's not that common. Okay. She had never seen a case of she sees heat stroke and death from heat all the time. Okay. So a warning to everybody about what you're talking about, the the dogs, taking my dog hunting. I've I've seen people and friends, oh, they'll be fine. You need to be a chicken about your dog in hunting in this heat. And you do need to sit in the shade, if whether that's where doves are flying or not. And honestly, we have no business taking one of our dogs in an afternoon hunt right now in the south. Unless, you know, it could have rained and it was cloudy and it was only 75. And I'll let Mr. Gibson talk about what's a safe temperature. But there's no safe temperature even in the shade if it's over 90, in my opinion. That's true. Like training. Right. We uh, we trained early in the morning 
when it gets uh, about 90 degrees, we quit. You have to. We don't want to overexert <clears throat> the dog and have hypothermia set in. And, and yeah. a lot of times the dogs will recover, but they never really recover. Right. Once, once they've gone down, it's, the next time you go out in the heat, they're going to go down again. It, it's not worth and, a chance. Uh, it really is. It's just not worth it. I like to see the dogs work. I like to work dogs, but I don't like to place them in a dangerous situation. Well, well isn't it true over a certain temperature, their sense of smell doesn't work anyways, isn't it? Yeah. It's what it is, I think, is the, the sun in the middle of the day and late afternoon. The heat is rising, so all the scent's going up, and uh-huh. it's not. Right. They're not getting a true uh, scent definition. Gotcha. Well, anytime mine are overexerted and they're panting really hard, they don't. I there's mean, no they way they can. Yeah, there's no way you can smell as good. So, what are yeah. some more precautionary things you can do before you go out? I mean, you know, some dogs are more of a house dog. They're not as in good a shape. I know other folks have dogs that are more fit. Uh, yep. You know that kind of thing, and you you would base your decision on that too. I would assume. Yeah, but. that comes into play. Feeding time comes into play. When you have a hunting dog, you want to feed that dog in the evening so that it uh, enjoys its meal and it gets maximum glucose level up in all the muscles and the things that the dog used to make the retrieves. So when you get up the next morning, he's ready to go. You feed him that morning and he runs three or four retrieves, that food's going to run right through him. Mm, right. He's not going to get any benefit from it at all. And another thing is is uh, torsion. That's right. It's not yeah. good to to feed them a full meal and even take them out to work them out or anything, much less take them hunting. And they start gassing up in their stomach. The stomach flips, cuts the blood, blood supply to the intestines, and that dog is toast. Yep. One thing I would do, Goodness. too, uh, when I was running two dogs at a dove hunt is I would park my bike in the shade with a with our kennel, we don't really talk about how our kennel will keep the dogs cooler. And I always say park in the shade. We don't talk about that because anything can happen and it can right. get too hot. And we don't want people to take that the wrong way. But I'd park in the shade, run my fan, and I'd throw ice in the kennel and it would stay cool. And I'd switch dogs out, you know, back and forth to keep them cool in there. And I'd stick my hand in there regularly. It, it was, it, it would get, it'd feel like about 70 degrees. You know, mm-hmm. just parking in the shade with ice in the kennel. Oh wow! Yeah, I've seen those fans that you have. Uh, that that's yeah, air circulating would be a big thing. Yeah, yeah, and the evaporative cooling effect from having the ice in there. We use that at the nursery. Uh, yeah, I, if the humidity's fairly low, it, that can lower the temperature fourteen degrees in in uh, just having that alone. Like ten degrees, five degrees. But if, even with some humidity, you, yeah, probably lower it five to ten degrees, and you. Combine that with the fan and the shade. Yeah. That's significant. Well, I was, to give you an example of that, when I was a federal agent, we had fans that we used for undercover ops. And sometimes we'd be parked in the sun for eight hours. Well, what we did, we had a big container built in them with tubes running through it. And then we'd pour it full of ice and blow a fan through there and just be like an air conditioner. It'd wow. Really cool in there. And you could use CO2. The uh, dry ice, but that stuff is dangerous. We we almost died one day. <laughs> dry ice. I mean, you talk about someone woozy in here, boys. Most of their nine lives. You and Fitz have a lot in common. Y'all dodge dodge a bullet. Yeah, y'all dodge But I was gonna say a comment about the. I was just cleaning one out the other day, and you've got that um, 
drain around the outside perimeter inside. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see someone could overdo it with ice and be because you, know, you don't want to get them super hot and super cold either. But that is perfect to to just pour a layer of ice all the way around the outside. And, you know, once that bleeds into, like, the plastic and the stuff that's made out of it, it would probably make a huge difference. Yeah, we've got a, a prototype cot that I'll put a whole bag of ice underneath yeah, it yeah. and then the dog's on top of it on the cot, which I can't wait to get that out. It just takes so long to come out with products. But that's a good way to do it so they're not sitting in the ice. Right. So one of the main takeaways right here in this uh, that so far is guys it, it, d- during dove season just being really careful because it we all want to take our dogs but it can be too hot for sure. It, and, and I mean that's what's what I'm that's what According I'm taking. The veterinarian, it happens a lot. Toxie, how did you uh, how did Fitz act? How did y'all know something was wrong? So. Um, Actually, he it was just one of those days. It was maybe 45 or 50 degrees. Wouldn't even think twice about it. But it had rained a lot, and there was about a, maybe an inch of water in the bottom of the blind. No big deal, you know. He'll be fine. And but and I think he may have been found out Mr. Gibson had just published an article that I hadn't read, if I'd have read my magazine, about <laughs> do not under any circumstances hunt them in the wintertime with their paws and, you know, sitting in water. Don't do it, no matter what. But on top of that, the water was higher where we were, and I think y'all all just about hunted there at the cabin. And so he's picking up like five limits of ducks. I mean, we smoked them that morning, and he did unbelievable hunt. And he was having two and three hundred yards of trees, and his feet couldn't even touch the ground. And y'all know Fitz. He doesn't, you know, Gus will cruise around, Goose, Gus, you know, even Timbo a little bit, have a governor on, chill out a little bit. Fitz nope. doesn't have but one gear, and he's all he can give. Boof, boof, boof. So he just completely exhausted himself on top of the hypothermia. Well, he brought a duck out, and then Daniel said, something's wrong. He just got out on – there's a big berm there. And he got out on the berm and just put the duck down, which he never does, and just – he's wobbling around, something's wrong. And then Daniel got out, and I couldn't see real good. The next thing I know, Daniel's like hollering. Something's bad wrong. He's passing out. He's like, something's bad wrong. He got up, and he's falling over. So, so the next thing I know, Neil takes off running through this deeper water with his waders, running, because it's probably 300 yards to the Can-Am, and comes flying up through there, and I don't see how he made it because it's way too deep to drive it through. And he drove it all the way through, water coming over the front dash, and drove it up on the berm. Daniel jumped in there with Fitz in his arms, and they just took off. In the meantime, calling Mr. Gibson first, then calling the vet, and it's probably a from the time he's out of the blind, it's probably thirty minutes to get back. Easy. So, you know, Mr. Gibson actually met him there, thank God, and even before the vet did, the rest is history. Because that, but he was falling said. over and stumbling, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, I I had a hunt in Yazoo City, and uh, it was a warm morning. I didn't have a stand, and it was about ankle high, and uh, Gunner was. He was bringing back the last bird of an eight-man limit, and he just stopped. Oh, wow. And he's the same. He's all go. Yep. And he just he stopped with the duck in his mouth, and I thought maybe he was peeing. And he just he started looking around, and my, my buddy's dad goes, I think that dog might have hypothermia. And I ran out there, got him, brought him on the levee, put him in the truck, called the vet, and hauled into town. But he had never acted like that. Right. And I I, I kept thinking back, was there, was there a time I could have recognized that beforehand? And it really wasn't because he's just – that was a dog that was all go. Yeah, so so two things. One is, as a hard, fast rule, 
And I'm taking this from someone else that knows more than me, both of these guys, especially Mr. Gibson on dogs. Don't ever hunt your dog with them sitting in the water in the wintertime. I mean, I guess if you're living South Florida or something, it's a different deal. But even here in Mississippi, do not do it. Make sure they can get up out of the water when they get back. But the second thing is, where do you draw the line on taking them, even under ideal conditions, and what temperature? I've kind of got a 28-degree thing in my head. You know, Neil's like, you know, he's fine. I've taken them when it's 20. You know, and I hear Paradise talk about having a heater, you know, ice is two feet thick and they got one little hole and the dogs, you know, and it's 15 degrees, but he knows how to operate in that kind of conditions. But my point is, where do you draw the line? I mean, it's pretty easy to say, don't hunt them when they're having to sit in water. But where do you draw the line on the conditions and the temperature? I draw the line, if there's ice, they don't go. Right. Because if they bust through the ice and there's the least bit of current, it can actually pull them underneath the ice and you'll never get to well, them. Well, it could, cut them. To do it could cut them and beat them up pretty bad, too. <clears throat> and they cut themselves on the ice. Right. They can't get back out of the water and get up on top of the ice. And you hear, well, you know, leave the dew claws on. And they do use a dew claws. Some. And we don't cut dew claws right. in the kennel. We leave those on because we've never seen an injury to a dew claw. Not only that, but there's five ligaments attached to that dew claw. Then you got ligaments hanging loose in their legs. Right. And you get some carpal arthritis in the feet right. by doing that. So we quit that. But getting back to the deal, uh, I draw the line. Anytime there's ice, I don't take a dog. Uh, that's When you that's just made that comment about a dog going under the ice. That, yeah. that it, could, it could happen and they could get cut. Now, there's, there's, there's different degrees. I mean, you might get out there and it was, you know, 28. It's got, first of all, it's got to be 32 or below that for ice. Or it has to be cold for a while. Sometimes there's just a tiny bit of paper thin ice. That's a different deal. But if you know if if it's he's right. If it's serious ice, I mean I can't think of how many times we've been there. Have to ride around and open up a hole. You know, riding around, riding around, riding around. You know, and then pushing ice out of the way to even have some more from land. And then we had a dog. We should not be taking our dogs. And there's so many different scenarios. You know, like you may be arriving in your boat or on your bike and parking and going to the blind. Uh, or you may be in public where you got to walk in your waders for 500 yards, and, and so you you just have yeah. to make a judgment. Or maybe it may be six inches max a foot right. deep where you're hunting, and then it's not as big an issue. Walking with your waders 500 yards. Think how cold your dog is, that, is getting. Yeah, that's the bank that's, that's my point. Yeah. Um, and uh, so take a little uh, small skill for some type. Yeah, I think the dog it would sit there and pull him to the blind. Is uh, there a heating pad on the market? That'd be something great for you to do. Yeah, we've looked into that. And I'm I'm worried about electricity if a dog chews into it or something. Right. I'm sure there's a better better well, way. Well, I mean, if I, I I can think of there's a couple things out there. We even you know license someone that does a mm-hmm. really cool like heated seat. Oh uh, yeah, with a battery. You bastard, just the same things that will charge your phone. Plug one of those in and, and it'll heat it up pretty hard for you know I don't know six eight hours I'm, I'm if i'm not mistaken but there would be no electrical harm possible right. with that and you're not leaving the dog there to chew on it so yeah i was talking about in the kennel yeah uh, but yeah yeah i'm just outside. thinking about in the blind yeah. on a day like that you know well, you know they make heated coats that run off your drill batteries that's they right, make heated true. gloves yeah, yeah. that run off drill batteries that milwaukee stuff yeah mm-hmm. i've milwaukee got all that <laughs> and think yeah. about it, that's that's we have we have talked about a heated dog vest but uh Honestly, if it gets that much 
colder and there's that much ice especially you probably shouldn't take them and i know a lot of people do and they know what they're doing with their dogs i'm sure so are there but are, i'm sorry. just not willing to take a chance with mine i just can't if your dog is if you think it's starting to hypothermia starting to come on take him to the truck take your hunting coat off lay it over him yeah. put the collar over the heater vent on the floor and let that heater blow directly on the dog I've, I've had them get a little wobbly before, and I didn't know it was really cold. I've had done it with Timbo. I've done it with Gus. Uh, and just ripped my coat off right then and wrapped them in it because it was, you know, it had a lot of warmth from me on, and just hugged them in that. And I was like, that's it for you. I'm sorry. And they get mad at me because ducks are still falling, and I won't let them go. I just quit shooting and hang on to them. It's I've done that a few times. Kind of like taking the helmet off a player in a football uh, they game. They don't like it. Can't go, can't they go don't back like in. it. I'm telling you. They wouldn't, especially Fitz. I mean, he would go until he – and he did it that day almost. He would just go till he dropped dead. And, you know, they, they want to give it – they love it so much. Yeah. And they're not going to want to let you down. And so, good gosh, I, I love them too much to take a chance. I just can't do it. So, so are there any other scenarios that's exactly. that we need to cover? Uh, I don't know. Well, in the house, people leave their dogs just running loose in the house and leave for the day. You should never, absolutely never leave a dog running loose in the house. There's too many things they can get into. Yeah. There's things they can ingest that are not good for them at all. That's where a gunner kennel. Put the gunner kennel in your house. Put the dog in there. Leave it in there for the day. Put That's a exactly water what we do. And, uh, Speaking of that, what is like a maximum time for most dog breeds, like as far as having to go to the bathroom and all that good stuff? On a grown dog, maybe eight hours. On a on a puppy, not very long. <laughs> it's like an hour per month over three. I, I looked it up with ours, but then also it was like uh, we've still got he's still a, obviously a puppy. If and Diane will leave water for him. See, I don't. They don't need to get you know. Dehydrated, so she just leaves water there for him to drink all the time. Well, he's peeing all the time, so I mean, if you let them go drink a bunch, they're going to need to go a bunch. It just depends. Uh, you know, all of our grown dogs are fine all night long; they never have a problem. Y'all do too. Uh, so eight, ten hours, I'm sure. But if you let them drink a whole lot of water, it's going to be shorter. And you that. cut the water off before bedtime. Right. Take them outside. Right. Let them go to the bathroom when you're not actively engaged in the house with them. Put them in a safe place. Where's the safe place? The Garner Kennels. Absolutely. On the floor over That's there. where we have two of them in our laundry room. Yeah. And Bill, I've got uh, a ten by ten kennel outside that I've got a Gunner Kennel without a door inside, and I try to keep my dogs outside full time so that they're more used to it when we're hunting. Made but it to the heat and the cold. I'd, and I've got a heat lamp that I'll turn on, but I think is the rule. I, I generally say anything below thirty five, I, I bring them in the house. Um, yep. Is that probably the right with the heat lamp? Yeah. But I'm in the kennel, in the kennel environment, like in our kennel, we leave them in the kennel because we have inside and outside, and they can make their own mind up about right. it. Because the inside's be inside heated. Yes, so we have inside heating. Yeah. And uh, a lab has a double layer of hair, real fine layer next to the skin, and a longer layer on the outside. So. You know, 32 degrees is not going to bother them. Right. Just uh, if they're in water, yes. Yeah. Standing water, yes. But just in a kettle environment, that's not going to bother yeah, them. Yeah, out much. of the wind. Yep. Just keep uh, them out of the wind. Right? Yeah. Face the door uh, opposite the wind direction, that kind of but stuff. You know what you notice when you have a kettle in the house, leave the door open, 
When they get tired, they'll go in there and get in the kennel themselves. Oh, it's uh, not like a punishment. Oh, they love it. It's, like, it's, it's like being place. in a nest. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's exactly like it. It's a safe place that they feel secure in, and they, you, you don't even have to close the door. Most of the time, they won't come out until you call them. Right. Gus is like that. He loves his. Yeah. They're such cool animals. They, they, they really are. I mean, we all smile. So you've got a new puppy named Forrest. Is that mm-hmm, right? Sure do. And he's 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 black. And how Just old is he? Jet black. He's a little over six months old. So that's Willow, our dog. And I bred him to Cole at the kennels, which is a dog. He Last year brought him over last year? Yeah, brought him over about a year and a half ago yeah, from, from uh, the U.K. Cole, right. what kind of name is that? Yep. That's a good C-O-L-E. name. C-O-L-E. <laughs> C-O-L-E. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hey. I, you know, there's a resemblance. But, but he is a, he's a really good hunting dog. He loves Mr. Gibson, too. Yeah. He is, no matter where he goes, he'll sit at his feet all day long and not move. He gets up, he follows him everywhere he goes. It's amazing how they can imprint on Well, I mean, I, I say this, it's just they can sense it because Forrest never was around him. I mean, he was – there at the house all day when they were birthing and pretty much was the nurse to help birth them all. Like a midwife. Yeah, yeah he was, yep. he was the mid-man. <laughs> he was the mid-man for Willa. But, I mean, he never really knew him. But he'll if he comes by the house now, he will leave me, Diane, I'll go just and just like a magnet, just go to him. I think they, yeah, they imprint. Of course, Timbo loves him because it's, it's his pimp. Yeah. <laughs> every, time, every time he showed up, he was going to take, take him to the kennels to, you know, for breeding. And so he loves Mr. Gibson. Oh, yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah, I figured, he's laying over there going, yeah, here you go. <laughs> bring me a cigar, Mr. Bill. Um, but I don't know. All of them, Willa, she wasn't raised down there. She, you know, Hillary and Neil raised her. They all just go to him. I just think they know, just like people say that about horses, and they know when you're scared. I think dogs know a dog person. It is. They all recognize, I don't know much, but it's kind of vibe I put off of the alpha dog. So they Mm -hmm. naturally gravitate to me. Hmm. You're you're saying you're the alpha dog? Yeah. Yeah. I can can buy that. (laughs) So the the point about Forrest you're asking, but made it really special, we haven't in a very, very long time, especially not since we started this process uh, with our own breed of dogs, we decided to raise one, and boy, it was a labor of love because they got – Coccidia, which is flaming diarrhea for 10, 12 days mm. straight. And, you know, there was nine of them. So we, our laundry room, it was just, I mean, it was. And plus the timing went right on up into turkey season, too, which wasn't Ooh. ideal. So yeah. you have to do what you got to do. But we did it. It was a labor of love, especially for her. Diane was amazing. All hours of the night, getting up to take care of them and stuff. But it was just so much we put into them. That, you know, Mr. Gibson sold a couple of them through the kennels. I had some family and people. But we kept one as kind of our pick of the litter from that. And having actually raised one ourselves at the house, and he just got to be, he's such a character. And he's a very special dog. He really is. And him and Diane have that special relationship that she has with the dogs. So she's a dog person like Mr. Gibson. Yeah. They just go to her. And it was just too much to not do. You know, Gus is, I mean, he's been on a couple of dove hunts. He's doing great. He's in great shape. You know, he'll be coming up on 10. He's not going anywhere. He's got plenty of good years left. He's really good shape for his age. He's actually in better shape than Timbo. They're the same age. Yeah. But at some point, there's a successor. You have to move forward. You've learned Mm -hmm. that. And so I figured let's just start now. We love having dogs around the house anyway. So what the heck? Oh, Forrest. Yeah, Forrest. He's a character. I will say that. I've never met one that is that. 
mischievous and has that much of a character or personality to him. None of them. Not even the ones we got now. He is he he is I, a mess. Yeah, he I won can the tell lottery. You this much. Those, all those puppies are super smart. They are. Oh my gosh. Train up quick. I just yeah. love how they all have a unique personality. They do. They all do. I think they take on because the all of us that have them spend so much time with them and let them live with us, be our best buddy. I think they take on. So that means Forrest is going to be extreme ADD. Ooh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, he's, got it. he's already got it. Goose must be. Oh, no doubt about it. Either. I wish I could clone Goose. He's he's like he's, the most laid back, back dog so I've he's ever so met. He's a good yep. one. But yep. you take him hunting. Yeah. He's a different dog all He comes in the office. He walks like third speed. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always got that little smile coming out of the side of his face. Yeah. He's a good one. Yeah, he oh, sure goose. is. So, Addison, can you tell us a couple of stories of, through the years of people that have had uh, accidents and but in the kennel save the dogs? Yeah. Uh, one of the coolest ones was one of the first ones where um, some boys in Arkansas, I believe, were, were driving, you know, four in the morning, and uh, they hit some ice and slid off the road and wrapped their truck around a telephone pole, and the point of impact from the telephone pole was right where the kennel was in the truck bed totaled the truck they managed to get another ride and i believe it was either that day or the next day the dog picked up an eight-man limit um you know it was totally fine not a scratch um we've had some cool ones of like people are getting taken by ambulance they're like surely my dog's dead but can you go check on the dog and and they'll come back and say yeah i mean sitting there wagging his tail in the kennel and if they don't have a strap down and the kennel flies out they're still in the kennel you know fine um, I don't know. I, we've gotten a ton of saved stories and we don't publish them all. Um, but it's, they've kind of all run together now because it's every time it's just like chills. Oh my goodness. We actually, you know, could have had an impact in saving that dog's life. Yeah. And you never, you know, it's like, I used to not wear my seatbelt when I was younger. You don't think you're going to get in a wreck. You know, nobody plans on that. And so, um, the fact that people are buying these and putting their dogs in them and, then they get in a wreck you know it's bad bad chances but they've all been fine that's amazing i would do i follow you on uh instagram and i just enjoy seeing those stories i would recommend people do that it, it's at gunner kennels that uh, is the instagram page yep. right yep and the website's just gunner.com and we've got i'm sure we've got a section for all those safe stories it's incredible i just really hadn't thought about it until you kind of hit the market, and it's just like a no-brainer. Yeah. Well, a dog is as good as Real any good man, use. they say, so it's worth it. Uh, uh, Gunner Kennel is in a boat situation. When I go to the Chesapeake every year and go hunting, he's got his Gunner Kennel in his boat. The dog stays in the kennel. And uh, the reason is, is there's been so many times the dogs have been allowed to run loose in the boat. They jump out, and the propeller cuts them all to pieces. Mm -hmm. Plus, those waves could hit one and yeah. knock one out or something, and you yeah. lose them in that current. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know people had the dog's leg completely severed. Oof. Wow. All yeah, that could, and that could be – that doesn't have to be just like Chesapeake Bay. That could be any boat yeah. situation. I'm talking yeah, about in a boat wants. situation yeah. in general, yeah. but that's why my buddy on Chesapeake Bay keeps his kennel in the boat, puts his dog in the kennel. And uh, when we get where we're going, we unload, set the blind up. Well, Bobby's been there. And uh, then we're ready to hunt. And the dog's been safe the whole time. Mr. Haney. Hey, uh, Richie, 
We, we can do without that button every time I, my name is. <laughs> so, Actually not. Yeah, so, I mean, those are larger boats than what yeah. we see guys hunting out of here in Mississippi. I was just thinking about the other thing. That's, there's a lot of air, and so that thing would be real buoyant if mm -hmm. it boat flipped over. It could save someone's life to just be able to hang on to that if their boat sank. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that. I used to run one in my John boat just because Gunner was wild on a boat. He was always running up and down, and right, I felt yeah. much more comfortable putting him in a kennel. But if uh, you were in a big body of water and the boat capsized or whatever, that kennel would float like a cork. Yeah. A big cork. Yeah. So Kind of like that guy that lived 11 days in the freezer. Yeah. I, I mean, just boat a, the other day. Just an emergency safety thing. You could, something you could hang on to to keep from drowning. So, uh, that, actually, the way he said that, it made me want to know more about Gunner. Could, oh could you tell us a little, just just a quick yeah. version of the story about oh Gunner? Oh my gosh, I got to meet him. I felt like I met the president of the United States. <laughs> that was a special. We actually, hunt. Yeah, we got to take him hunting. It was yeah. one of his very last ducks. It was, and I I kept a bird. So when they told me he had cancer in August uh, two years ago, I, I took him to a dove hunt with my whole family. Got one dove, kept it, and I kept one bird from every hunt. End up having seventeen birds mounted, all dead mounts, and. I walk by him every day in the office, and I think about. I think I wow. saved a. I think we got a wood duck, and a teal that I saved from that hunt. But mm -hmm. so you want to know more about Gunner the dog or the Gunner the dog? Yeah, yeah. So tell us was, that story. Was, I mean, he was my sidekick. I got him my junior year in college, and um, I, I took him to the camp every day. Like we, we he was crazy about retrieving. Uh, one day after I, I was hunting in Charleston, Mississippi, got up to the square, and these girls came up to me because I had a puppy. And end up becoming friends with them. And they said, I've got this girl that I think you're going to marry one day. And I was like, well, that's weird. I, and I'm duck hunting. I'm not trying to chase girls right now. And, and uh, <laughs> it uh, ended up being true. I, that's, I, I met Emily, my wife, through what I'd like to say Gunner as an introduction. And, um, you know, he changed my life. I've, I've always thought that God put dogs in this world to help man. And, you know, the, the way that he's changed my life. And he was a great hunting dog. I was not a great trainer, so he had some flaws, but nobody's perfect. Um, he was just fired up about hunting and um, inspired me to, to make the kennel. And, and now we're kind of working on other products because the pet industry is, is all junk, in my opinion. So we're starting to go after anything and everything and try to make the best of the best. But, I, you know, I, I, I always called it gunner kennels in my head, but I didn't know that's what we're going to call it. And then I finally was like, well, I'm doing this for Gunner. And now I'm so proud that I named it Gunner so that everybody can hear a piece of our story just, you know, as an homage to him. He was just such a special dog. You're sort of like me. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the dog is actually like a child. Oh, yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. It is. You get so attached to him. And why the good Lord didn't let them do to be 78 years old like me, I don't know. <laughs> that's the toughest part about yeah, it. Is. You, know, but you, how do you, you know, but to, to to separate yourself from the unconditional love that a great dog gives you, it's just a mistake, even though you're going to endure the pain. I mean, hopefully, you know, you outlive the dog. But it's worth it. I mean, I know people that say, I can't do it. It's too much pain. I mean, you're you're depriving yourself from, like, one of the greatest things in life is that great, that, that unconditional love. And and the other thing is, like, what's so cool about him and the story, actually, both of these guys, is that it's not that they – is that they are their ability to tune into that love for those animals. 
And so you've got to be, you've got to raise your own awareness of how cool that situation is and the love of your dog. I mean, if you're busy, oh, yeah, I love my dog. I get them the best food. I bought them a gun or kennel. But just, you know, to, to spend the time with them, just like you would do with your children, and to appreciate the time. It's still, you know, we talk about mossy oak moments, those moments with your dog. And um, the the tribute wasn't as much, like he said, it wasn't like I'm bragging my dog's the greatest hunting dog ever. It was his best friend ever. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, and I'll just – babbling on about this so that hopefully everybody out there in their own way will see that that's why we are doing what we're doing in partnership with mr gibson and the kennels that we have here is to let people experience that yeah are they great hunting dogs yes can you train them to do anything pretty much from service dogs to finding chairs to anything you know whatever same same breeds they teach to sniff out cancer or Mm -hmm. you know all that amazing stuff but they are the best friends of any breed of dog I've ever seen. Tox, that's something I'm struggling with right now. My new dog, Chevy's nine months old, and he's been at school. And I, it hurt so bad losing Gunner. It took me about a year. I bet. And it, I remember. And now it's like am I, I'm, I'm trying to not let myself get so attached because it hurts so bad, but it's going to – it's gonna come. I mean, yeah, but you got you know yeah, that you having to face that is good for you. Yeah, and I know that's easy for me to say from a distance, but that's what we got right. We lost Jake. We got right back in the saddle. It's God has a way. You know, Mister Gibson had y'all know the story. There was a litter next door. There was two days out from him. You know, uh, people coming to pick him up, and somebody just that day had backed out from one. That's how we ended up with Gus. And so Diane was like that. I can't do it. It hurts too bad. I can't do it. But once she got her hands on another puppy, we keep moving forward. And being around him will help you a lot because he has hundreds of loves like that mm-hmm. to be attached to. And he's had to learn to turn loose and let them go out the door right. to keep the business going. And also the ones that he's lost over the years. So, uh, But if you don't, the pain, your internal mechanism will shut you down because, you know, who wants to go through that kind of pain again? But I'm, I'm just saying it's just – I know I'm, I'm trying to compare dogs to humans too much, you know, but it's like when you lose a family member, they would want you to go on and Gunner would want you to go mm-hmm. on, you know. So – How many – we probably had, what, two or 300 dogs? At least. Mm-hmm. At the kennel? Yeah. Over the last six, almost six years. Yeah, at least or and, more. Uh, if it left up to me and you, we wouldn't sell any. <laughs> we keep them all. For real. <laughs> so much and i mean every litter he spends that time with is just it's just the coolest thing to be involved in helping people yeah. to get that no not just that great hunting dog it's great you know he one of the pups from our litter came back with six months old winning all kind of ribbons and stuff already you know for a puppy but that's cool but the knowing the the letters that i've gotten back just from that one litter that we and the few people that got out about how close they are with the dog and you know how it travels with them they sleep with them and you know they you know that's those are the things that are priceless how great their dog is I, you said something a while ago my dog wasn't perfect there's no such thing as a perfect mm, human that's or right. a perfect right. Dog. right yeah right. i mean you don't have to look very far to <laughs> see that for a year never break while you're hunting mm-hmm. and then the next time you go that's right Boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so don't ever expect one to be perfect. No. They're not perfect. But they are super companions. The They're best. super hunters. 
and you can't help but fall in love with them just like your own child. I mean, that, that's the way I am anyway. Everybody's not that way, but I am. I love the way uh, we seem to train them around here. They they want to please you. They yeah. don't feel like they're being forced to do a job. That's they, right. Uh, There's two know. kinds of dogs, those that are forced to do the jobs and those that want to do the job. Right. And I like the ones that want to do the job. They also seem to be better around the house when they're trained. Well, I mean, they, they, you know, I guess the the chief babysitter now is Bobby Clapp's moved in down there, made a world of difference in taking a little pressure off him doing it. But even from the earliest days, and you and then uh, Riley and then uh, my niece was working down there. And so they would take every litter of puppies every day. You know, if they couldn't, they weren't there, uh, Mr. Gibson would. And they – Start and you really don't need to be messing with them until what two and a half weeks old or so. Ah, uh, we use about five weeks. We start socializing. Right, but it, that my point was they were spending time socializing, and loving on them every single day, and I think it makes a huge difference in the quality of the dog. It's just like you know the psychology psychology of your child is developed when they're you know under whatever five years old, whatever that number is. I think it makes a huge difference. I think they're more. His word he uses is biddable. They want to please mm-hmm. you more we get such a super high percentage and i swear i think it has more to do with the way they handle the puppies than just only these great bloodlines we have honestly i think you got to do both i'll give you an example of that of a dog that lived in the house he turned four years old this year he's uh retrieved over five thousand ducks wow wow and he's won everything in UKC and AKC and it's going to run SRS and he's just a short distance from being in the Retriever Hall of Fame. And he sleeps in the house. Yeah, and he's like lives in the house, sleeps in the house. He's not a, yeah. I don't know what the limit on ducks is, but 5,000 ducks in four years is a couple of ducks. He's probably a (laughs) guide. He's working for a guide service somewhere. But he's working as a guy's a guide. So the, the the takeaway from this is dogs have so much to give us. Oh gosh, it, so much it, more than hunting. It, it, that, that's right. And but we've got to be the we've got to be their eyes and ears and look out for them to keep them safe because that that's just not. I mean, there's so many things that can go wrong, so many things that can happen. And what Gunner Kennels is doing is 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 solving some of those problems, especially in when you're traveling with a dog. Right. Yeah, but the thing, he's thought of everything. There's so much more. Yes, it is. You owe it to your dog if you're going to travel with him and to have one. You do. Uh, there's, there's not, a, there's not one. But there's not a better one out there. Not even close. So, but the, it's so handy beyond just that. He's thought of so. That's why it took him so long. All the little details are there. And uh, I mean, we use them all the time, every day. Mine sleep in them, either in the bed with us or they're sleeping in there. Uh, we keep it in the house. Yeah. So is there is there any other tips of keeping a dog safe that you guys have maybe had on your mind coming in here that we hadn't covered? Mr. Bill, I'm kind of looking at you. And, and Addison, anything popping in your mind? I only think, but I can't speak on it, and it doesn't happen around where I'm from, but I know in Texas there's snakes, and, and that's a yeah. big deal. But the, Like the rattlesnake vaccine they have on the market, it's off the western diamondback. Entirely different molecular or chemical makeup than the eastern diamondback. But what it does, it, it it's really good for cottonmouths, which we have around here, obviously. Right. It's really good for copperheads. Right. But it's not very good for rattlesnakes. It buys you time to get your dog to the vent on right. a rattlesnake yep. bite. 
Yeah, Pitts had had his. He got bit by a copperhead in the face. In so, the face. Yeah. He's a warrior. Yeah. No, 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 no. And ha- had he had the vaccine? He had had it, yeah. And it probably did have a lot to do with saving him then. It could have yeah. been because he got bit right. I've seen a scar right under the eye. Picking up okay. ducks. If I, had but I, I saw I – was, I was doing some disking yesterday, and it was a high and dry spot, well away, a couple of hundred yards from any water at all, just a fish pond. And I rolled across, and, I mean, a giant cottonmouth came out of just grass right there. I mean, the point was even if you do all that and you train them, they could run across one. You know, of course, a puppy like Forrest would, you know, want to play with it and get bit <laughs> in the face trying to play with it. But uh, they could just run across one and get bitten. Yeah. So a smarter thing than try to train them with an electric collar and, a, you know, whatever he talked about, just get the vaccine at least as soon as you can. I think they are developing further vaccines than just that one, but it definitely helps. As your time. Yeah. And Don't, especially good on cottonmouths and copperheads. And y'all talked about gators, too. <clears throat> Just same way. Don't be hard-headed about taking your dog when it's 95 in an afternoon. Don't do it. Or 20 degrees. Don't take them when it's really warm in the beginning of the season. If there's any possible chance you're where there's snakes or uh, – Alligator, you alligators. Just, you just yeah. said it. That, well, it's one thing to get bitten, it's another thing to get eaten. You know, and the gators are getting pretty pervasive. I think they spread through you, all the waterways around here now. You can just go out and splash the water, and the alligator's going to come up and bite you on the hand if you're not careful. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I wish I've they would have last week. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've heard stories about there was a college student that maybe had a tragedy over at. Uh, oh, did I know that? Uh, a good friend of the my boys is this uh, kid from over in Greenville. Remember him from high school because he was a great athlete, quarterback, pitcher, and all. But he was at the refuge training his dog. You know, third hand the story, but I mean, he was took his dog out there to I think Bluff Lake, one of the lakes out there, and was you know one of the retrieves. Boom, put him under, took took his dog. I can't imagine, Addison. You're shaking your head. That'd that'd be a long day, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I was training it. Your pond. That's right. And there's an alligator in his lake yeah, behind was, his house. There was one, yeah. But he moved back to Tibby. Yes, right. Thank goodness. <laughs> was he but encouraged was, to no, move back was, to Tibby? Not really. No. He left. It was just <laughs> a left. small one. It was about a yay long. Yeah. But KC's footer. down there slapping the water like that. Next thing you know, whack. Yeah. And, uh, oh, have mercy. He just took him down to the creek and put him in the creek. Every time, every time that gator heard a ripple on the water, it comes straight to him. Mm-hmm. So you got to be especially mindful of that. I had a guy that told me, said, oh, alligators won't bother a dog. Oh, yes, they will. Don't ever believe that. Oh, yeah. I never thought that. But hey, So, look, why don't, why, right here, I think this might be a good time. Addison, we like to get to know people a little bit better. And Dudley, kind of, we've, we've got some questions. We call it rapid fire. It's brought to you by our friends at Springfield Armory. But we ask you some real fast questions. You get to answer them. And- right, row. We'd like Just to hear a little more about you. That's it. Yeah, let's hear what it's he's It's fairly got. painless. Bobby, right, Bobby can't got... let it pass without at least yeah. one shot at embarrassing yeah. you like yeah. he does us every day. And, and you can say neither. You know, it's, it's a, like a two-choice kind of thing, but if you, you say neither. Some is hunting-related. Some might be lifestyle-related, et cetera. All right. Um, All right. So, uh, here we go. Uh, Rapid fire. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. White or wheat? White. Timber or flooded field? Timber. Dry land or big water? Dry land. Dogs, uh, male or female? Male. Gigging, flounder or frogs? Mm. 
I've been flounder gigging more lately. All right. Yamaha or Merck? Yamaha. Mmm, yammy. Hotty toddy or Hail State? You can say neither. I'm going to say hotty toddy, but I, I do have an affinity <laughs> for Mississippi State. All right, good, good, good answer. Out a lot. Ford or Chevy? Chevy. Duck meat or deer meat? Mmm. Duck meat. Potted, uh, potted meat or pate? Pate? I don't know. <laughs> what is pate? Uh, I thought that was the same thing. Southern pate. No, great great, great, great uh, answer. Yeah. Yo yo or hand grabbing? I do more yo yo. Uh, Natty Light or Bush? Natty Light. Luke Skywalker or Luke Combs? Luke Combs. Luke Combs, all right. <laughs> Good job. Oh, that perfect answer to pate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, what is that? Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, Dudley, that was good. We that we call that rapid fire in Springfield Army. They've got some fine pistols if you've ever paid any attention to them, Addison. There, uh, we're we're, we're real we're real proud. So, guys, y'all go check out Springfield Armory at their website and check out their pistols. And, but we we always enjoy those answers. Oh, yeah, yeah. does a good job with that. Let's know our guests a little more. Yeah, yeah, we do. Aston, uh, so Nashville is where your business is based. Is that where home is? Yep, that's where I'm from. I, we live a mile from where we grew up. Wow, cool. F- four little kids and nice. Just swamped all the time. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a different place than when you were a kid, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I was just up there. My niece got married, and it's crazy. It's exploded. It has it literally. It's been the fastest growing place in america i think i think so it's it it's weird though my wife's from pascagoula gulf coast mississippi and me living in oxford for about eight or nine years you do miss mississippi and uh it's definitely not the same i mean nashville's great all this new people's brought in good restaurants and more traffic but i miss i miss the pace of life in mississippi and we've got a one day we'd like to have a place down on the coast with uh next to emily's parents but I miss coming down here. I always enjoy when you said we might be doing a podcast. I was like, name, name the day. I, I can't wait to get back down. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming down here for no sure. Doubt. Yeah. So, Mr. Bill, what, is there anything that comes to mind of keeping the dog safe that we hadn't that we hadn't covered? I think we pretty well covered at least most of it, the greater percentage. Uh, can't think of anything right up top. Of my I head. think we could have a whole entire. Maybe have a vet in too, and yeah. have some dog yeah, stuff. I mean, just like he he brought up, if you know you're going to have a hard, you know, especially duck hunt, <clears throat> the, the exertion from swimming is worse than running and picking up doves and stuff. Be sure you gave them a good high energy meal the night before. Don't just like you know, if the last meal they had was the day before, the morning before, they may have expended all that and then not have the reserves to. to so just little things. Every couple you know. things. Uh, even if a non-venomous snake bites your dog, take it to the vet. Yes. And get it some antibiotics so you don't get a massive infection. And always carry a first aid kit with you when you're hunting. Yeah. It's uh, Because a cut, like if one of my pointers gets cut out in Kansas pheasant hunting, or one of my labs, I'll clean it good with a saline solution and then staple it up. And take it to the vet. Well, you could put some uh, antibiotic ointment on it. would probably yeah. help a lot. I do. Yeah. What so about vests in the cold or, or wherever? Uh, you know, vests, 
Uh, duck hunting, I'm not a real fan of vest. Um, you think because it could get hung on something? Yeah, same with collars. I don't put the collars on the dogs. We do take the collars off, but I, I, I've yeah. gotten them. I'm kind of I'm back and forth on the vest because I've seen where, you know, when they're going so hard, they might, you know, beaver stops and stuff, they might get really hurt by one so depend on the depth of the yeah, water yeah. you just That's again right. make yeah. a make a judgment call based on the scenario friend, his dog swimming across a beaver pond from a stop about yeah about two or three inches below the surface ran up on it and it the more he fought it the deeper it got before he could get him out he was deceased mm. wow on the beaver stop goodness so it offers yeah. some degree of protection but if you get a dog gets hung out there yeah. on one of these old ironwood bushes or something you better be ready to swim. Yeah, better go get, get to go them quick. Get that's, them. Right. that's right. That's right. Because when a dog starts struggling, it gets bad quickly. You know, but mm-hmm. I, I hear you. I, you know, just use common sense and I don't get best on dry land. Okay. Because yeah. when I'm pheasant hunting, say in Kansas, and they're running through those native grasses. They'll be raw if you don't have a vest on them. It just absolutely rubs them raw. Yep. So, mm-hmm. And on a really cold day, like running in the snow or something like that, it keeps them warmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't have to worry about hypothermia. What about those little boot boot things? Yeah, they're good. Uh, I mean, I guess especially it's, where you got those little sand spurs. Man, <laughs> I bet it'd be hard to. I, could, a dog to I tried once yeah, and it right. wouldn't wear them. It just you got pick up. You got that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't get them to do it. Uh, well, so look, uh, Addison, we always ask uh, when we have a guest in, we ask them a trivia question. And in this process, if you get the question right, somebody that listens to our podcast and has given us a review, we, we reward them with a chance to win something. So, uh, Richie, who would Addison be playing for? Yeah, Addison is playing for Anthony09. Uh, he left a comment that says, love the content you all provide. I always learn something listening to you guys. On the most recent episode, you mentioned thanking farmers. As a farmer myself, I truly appreciate it. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. Keep up the great work. Mm. Yeah, okay, right, Anthony yeah. 09. So that's a lot of pressure, yeah, Addison. Yeah. So you can phone so. a friend too if you need to. You can ask any of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't think anybody Dudley is off limits on this question. So if you that's get tangled fair. up, you can ask anybody in here but Dudley. Oh, right. it must yeah. be a tree question. We discussed. This no, we just we did, we did discuss this. So and let me go ahead and say that. Uh, Anthony 09 is playing for a Stanley Thermos. So oh, that's nice. What we got Those things are so cool. They are amazing. Right here. Got, that's a must-have for duck season, too. Yeah. Okay. All right, Rich. All right. Under calm field conditions in a free-roaming environment and unleashed, do dogs prefer to poop <laughs> to, to, to poop aligned with Earth's north-south magnetic field? Okay. I totally, so, I totally so, yeah. should have looked over this before I <laughs> yeah. handed this to me. I, I don't even know what Can the question Can I paraphrase was. that to make the Go question? Ahead, well, like, who okay, wrote this so, question? Well, I did, but if I <laughs> read it, it sounds different than when Richie reads it. So, when dogs poop, we're really going to have they, a question. Do they face poop. like north and south every time, whether that be south or north, or do, is it just a random direction that their their body faces when they when they go? Now this is unleashed this is and the unrestricted. Worst question ever. 
Yeah. Well, I, by the way, look, I'm telling, I'm looking at Mr. Bill because he's got a, he's got an opinion. I on know this. mine spins around. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he ends up in the yeah. same what, direction. Well, so does a compass before it figures out which way to I face. Just, uh, I've never heard of this, but I'm going to say no. They don't. Okay, well, I'm going to let you defer to Mr. Bill yeah. answering this question. Let's uh, get his opinion, please. I think I'd say yes. Well, that is what the study from the zoology manual says. Is that, Richie, can you read the rest of that, that answer, please? That's a scientific journal, by the way. It, it is. Uh, okay, here. Uh, dogs use the Earth's magnetic field when they're re- relieving themselves. Not only <laughs> that, no but way. canines choose to do it in a north-south axis. So every time my dog's going, he's facing north or south. If he's unrestricted and he's able to do what he wants to do, I'm going to study this. That. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to study this one. I, I blow holes in that this morning three times. Diane's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> out of town, and I'm taking care of the dogs. I, I know that wasn't true this morning. So, well, I'm a, I'm a poopologist. Yeah. yeah, you do study a lot of dog poop. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm just reading what I what what. Uh, so I googled that, and that's what came back. This this um, deadly red tail. I was like, Daddy, can you believe this? And he's like, Yes, it was I can. Scientific journal. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna let, let uh, Anthony O nine win the Stanley. Absolutely, but, uh, all right. But it, that's look, wild. I've never it, heard that. It, uh, Mr. Bill, I thought you had talked to me about this one time. I probably did. Uh, I talk so much about different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll try to do better on the question next start, time. Yeah, you start a, a, a tidal wave of people filming their dogs. To see <laughs> yeah, I'm send a picture. Of my dog facing west. Yep. <laughs> well, that this thing, Richie didn't read the rest of it, but it says that they don't like to face east or west, that they like to face north and south. I, I'm going to start watching. 1,800 dogs studied over nine months, and that's what they found out. <laughs> well, okay. hey, you learn something new every day. Yeah, we do. <clears throat> Dudley, have you got an ass Dudley? I do. Uh, and I get this question a lot, but uh, I recently had a message from AJ. He did not provide his last name, but uh, I might paraphrase this a little bit. Uh, He says, in areas that have poor draining uh, that hold some water, what's the best tree to plant that would help soak up some of that water? Uh, He also mentioned, you know, maybe plants or shrubs as well, and then to differentiate in like a a yard-type setting or what you would do out in the country, Mm -hmm. you know, at your hunting place. Um, And there's... So many things, and he referred to soaking up water. You know, mm. like um, I don't want to think of it that way. And but but plants, you know, they transpire uh, and they soak up water and, and that kind of thing. But you really need to plant something that is uh, can handle that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, one thing you can do, like about soaking something up, you know, like cedar trees are known to drink a lot, but they don't like wet feet. But if their roots are able to access the moisture, I, I guess a scenario like that would work. But uh, think about species that can tolerate moisture and, and poor drainage. And then you plant those species there or let them occur naturally. And in time, instead of just mowing it or bush hogging it, those plants are going to send down a lot of roots. And when they die, they're going to leave a hole in the ground. And so in time, that area may not hold water like it used to. So, you know, nut all oak, willow oak, uh, pin oak, um, and uh, as far as natural region, you know, little sedges, uh, tupelo gum, uh, red maple. swamp white oak, mm-hmm. red maple, um, 
there's there's a lot of different things and uh, what folks can do is they can call me and describe their exact scenario and, and I can help them better make a decision uh, depending on where they're located and uh, you know whether it's their yard like I wouldn't plant a bald cypress uh, in a wet spot near your driveway because you don't want a bunch of knees popping your driveway up that's right but it would be perfect out in the country right um, and I, I just encourage folks to do stuff like that instead of mowing it back all the time. Let it be a little mini wetland. Maybe even take it a step farther and turn it into a little duck hole, mm-hmm. a little waterfowl yeah, impoundment. I like what you're saying there. Um, and also, uh, while, while you've got my attention, I was just going to mention that it's, it's tree season. It's tree planting um, season. And so, uh, in. Yep. <clears throat> we put all of our stuff in inventory for the year. Uh, we, we have a really good crop. Uh, I've got a lot of good wetland stuff, whether that be the, you know, the wildflower-type plugs, grasses, trees, Man. you name it. We've got a new fertilizer now. Um, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a mixture of quick release and slow release and traditional and organic fertilizer. Oh, wow. So we, we've played Incredible. with a whole yep. bunch of different ones. Um, and we've been blown away with the results. So it works think, really well. That's awesome. So check that out. And, A.J., uh, that might have been a little broad for what you were asking me, but uh, give me a shout. Yeah. Reach Email out. me, nursery at mossyoak.com, and we'll, we'll narrow it down for you. Thank you, Mr. Know-It-All. There he is. That, would, yeah. that would be him. All right. So, guys, did we learn anything, Lanny? I'm looking at you. I mean, I, I know I, I already knew this, uh, but it was reinforced today about why Bill Gibson is our kennel master and director of gun dog operations. He's it's the life. alpha dog. It, it's his life. <laughs> That's his That's, life. It's his life. Yep. Uh, just a, a basic encyclopedia of, of dog knowledge. So, uh, yeah, he is. It is good to see him. And Addison, it's great to great to have you here yeah. sitting on the couch with us. And, yeah. Uh, Thanks for having uh, me. Yeah, we, we we really have enjoyed it. Dudley, you learned that dogs like to face north and south when they're pooping. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I was trying to think what I normally do when I'm out in the woods, and that's I guess not, I'll have to make it. Let's just don't even go there, Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> when you spin around the tree. Where's that buzzer when you need it? Yeah, exactly. So, guys, look, Tuesday nights, so we're in the middle of TV season right yeah, now, Tuesday nights on the in. Outdoor Channel. And Producer look, Richie's got us lined up. So. Yeah, Richie's uh, the shows look great, and we've got some new stuff coming up here pretty quick. So, uh, and also, guys, we sure would appreciate if you would share with your friends this podcast. Yep. Give us a review, and uh, well, yeah, the, the net of this one is don't forget to hug your dog. That's right. That's right. That's a good point. We appreciate what you do for Mossy Oak, and we really appreciate what you do for all the hunting dogs out That's there. Right. Well, you know, I, I do. I have to just cut in a little bit because you know, business. We have a lot of partners and relationships. That comes and goes, and it's just part of life. But the kind of friendship, especially he has with, you know, us and my boys especially, is just you can never take that away. Business might come and go, but that kind of relationship, I have so much trust and admiration. I just, I really cherish it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Y'all, Mossy Oak took us under y'all's wing early on. I remember Mossy Oak posted a picture of Gunner as a puppy, and it was like, top 10 i mean i was just blown away and um they've always been very friendly and, and help us out in any way we've ever asked and so we really appreciate it absolutely that's, that's, what, the, we yeah, that's what we yeah. do it's that's a right. great thing we're yeah. very blessed yeah very, mr bill very. thank you for being here enjoyed it yeah always good to have you in here so i think that's about everything yeah. so if any, if nothing else uh why don't you say goodbye dudley goodbye dudley get us out of here richie
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gamekeeper Podcast. And be sure to tune in again. Subscribe to Gamekeeper Farming for Wildlife magazine and don't miss the Mossy Oak Properties Fistful of Dirt podcast with my good buddy, Ronnie Cuz Strickland.